You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen at home while you're uh, working from home. Uh, you can follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Just subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Uh, and I, um, I almost grabbed some Lysol and a needle and injected myself just to be safe. But uh, thank goodness Lysol put out that statement today uh, warning not to. And I just I just happened to see it in time. So thank you, Lysol, for the warning. It's also better to in- inject yourself with light anyway, UV rays. Right. Um, like you go to a suntan bed, uh, and apparently that takes care of it as well. So good to know. Cure is right uh, around the corner, folks. Yep, uh, we should be back to business as usual any day now. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we were uh, also distracted by the NFL draft. We'll talk about that and not necessarily like who was taken and and who went where and why and what was good. No, no. We got stuff like all the different things that we actually saw with those cameras in so many places. I mean, there was just uh, just a plethora of things to talk about. Like Mike Vrabel's house. I mean, that's just one of uh, probably 20 things I have written down that, that were funny about last night's NFL draft first round. Uh, but then there's also this transfer rule. We had talked about it, um, I think, yesterday a little bit or, or a previous podcast recently, you know, where uh, a player can go transfer and be immediately eligibility uh, eligible just one time uh, over the course of his or her collegiate career and Ralph Russo of the AP uh, put out that it's looking more likely that it would, it would not be delayed for next season or the, the 21 22 season. It would be and go into effect right away in the 2021 season. So we'll talk about that uh, as well as maybe uh, some potential uh, guys to help UK in the front court. Uh, ben Roberts of the Herald leader wrote about a couple guys uh, yesterday. We'll discuss that as well. First on that transfer rule, I mean, if that happens uh, for this coming season, that not only helps Kentucky basketball trying men's basketball trying to you know fill out its front court needs, but it's big for the UK women's basketball team because they already got two transfers, one from Tennessee and one from Auburn, uh, who would be be able to play right away, which would be huge if Ryan Howard gets those two players, the one from Tennessee, Jasmine Massengill, I believe is her name, and. Robin Bennett or Benton from Auburn. Those two to play right away with Treasure Hunt coming in, plus the the players they already have returning. I mean, the women's basketball team would be top 10 going into the season. So that would be huge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Joey Gatewood on the football team. You know, Terry Wilson, we just saw his rehab video and how he's progressing, but uh, you're looking at having Joey Gatewood available right away as that well. That would make things would interesting be, at Kentucky for sure. It sure would, no doubt about and it. And they play Auburn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah that would be That whole be fans in the stands thing, um, that would help Kentucky football if they go on the road and nobody's there, <laughs> a place like Auburn. Uh, but but also, let's get into these uh, – you know, we talked about Efton Reed yesterday um, – 
a big man that looked like potentially would reclassify. Now it's looking more likely that he wouldn't reclassify to 2021. But that doesn't mean Kentucky's not still interested in him uh, for the next class. But then another name popped up, this uh, big man from Nigeria, Frank Anselm, a 6'9 center, a four-star, and I guess his his coach uh, told Ben Roberts of the Herald-Leader that UK reached out uh, earlier in the week. So they're interested in bringing him in. Greg Brown is off the board, another big man that Kentucky had been interested in. Uh, but he has gone and committed to Texas today. I'm uh, turning down or uh, yeah, turning down and reportedly $400,000 from the G league. Yeah. Yeah. And I, the only shock is that he didn't take that deal. I know he had heard in recent weeks that he was one of the guys they had reached out to and that was considering it. Um, but in terms of picking a school, they kept trying to throw out this misdirection. I think they scheduled a call with Kentucky's staff uh, a couple weeks ago and, and sort of presented themselves as earnestly looking at someplace other than Texas. I think they, some folks at Auburn began to believe he might go there. Uh, it's always been Texas. Um, so that's not a huge surprise. Kentucky, uh, I think, was mostly wise enough to move on <laughs> and, and start looking at other options, realizing that he was just kind of playing everybody there. Um, so not a big shock. It, this, I mean, I guess it's a little shocking that people keep going to play for Shaka uh, and that Shaka still has right. a job, but he does. And I guess probably a big piece of that would be him selling that he knew he was getting Greg Brown. So as far as uh, Frank and Selim here, uh, there's a quote from uh, the Herald leader saying, we were told two days ago that they, Kentucky, uh, was not going to get harms that he was going to BYU. So I think that's when Frank started to take Kentucky seriously. Hmm. Yeah. Well, interesting there. Uh, so, I have not so the Kentucky staff was aware. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they were aware of what was going to go down yesterday, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, don't know much about this guy at all. He's the number 85 overall prospect according to 24-7 Sports in the 2020 class. So, I mean, the number 85 overall prospect, that doesn't really solve your problems right. there. Um, what I like it about helps. it, and, you know, he, he wrote about a couple. Ben Ben's all over the recruiting. He does a great job. He wrote about Efton Reed yesterday. He was kind of in the around the 25-ish, 20 to 25-ish range uh, in 2021. Uh, could, uh, could reclassify potentially. Um, and then Frank, uh, and, and, bo- and both those guys to me, especially, especially Frank, um, who's sort of a fringe top 100 guy, but he's six, nine with a seven, five wingspan. Like right. he's a perfect guy to get as you are tweaking your approach. You know, like we talked about, uh, Jacob Toppin, uh, Obi's brother, yeah. who's kind of a project and may grow and, and grow into his body and be a late bloomer. Um, a guy like this, could be that as well. And, and the most interesting comments were from his coach. who was like, you know, he's not trying to be a one and done. He's a, you know, two or three year guy. He's not looking for a starting job. He just wants to go there and work and develop. Those are exactly the kind of guys they've got to start sprinkling into their recruiting. Um, So from that, so that they don't have eight leave in a season. Exactly. So from that perspective, this is great news for Kentucky, but if this is your answer to big men for next season, Probably not great. No. You know, this is not like to me, if you take this kid and he's the only high school kid you're taking, um, 
to add to this class, you you still have to go get a grad transfer. Um, yeah. Or a transfer. Or Yeah, you know, a transfer or, if this rule holds up. And so maybe that's the strategy here. You know, take take a project because you need some of those. You need some guys who will build. And a lot of – I mean, when you look at a guy who's 6'9", who's got a 7, if that's true that he's got a 7, 5 wingspan, so he's a plus 8, you do wingspan over height. If his wingspan is eight inches longer than his height, and he's seven, got a seven-five wingspan, that is a good starting point for a developmental prospect. Um, yeah. If you can take him, and then either grad transfer uh, or a transfer transfer, who you, we we may find out here in the next couple of weeks can play immediately. Um, at which point, Cal could pick and choose basically uh, off rosters then you're okay. But this, you know, if you're talking about solving the, the need for next season in the post, if this is all they add, I don't think it's nearly enough. No. And then also the, the VCU transfer, he narrowed his list to five or six. Kentucky was not among them. Uh, Silva, I believe his name was. Uh, so he's out of the picture now. All right. When we come back on lockdown, Kentucky, we're going to talk about uh, just the, the great entertainment value Uh, that the NFL draft provided us last night. And we'll do that next. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. All right, we're back here on Locked On Kentucky. The NFL draft uh, was very annoying to me as it started because it took forever. Not, I mean, they already had two hours of pre-draft talk and weeks leading up to it of, you know, filling the hours of the day on sports networks of, you know, this prospect and that prospect. Uh, but it was supposed to start at eight. They have like Jennifer Hudson sing in there. And uh, Jennifer Hudson has a great voice. She's a great singer, but not on a Zoom meeting call. I mean, it ruins her, uh, right. how good she sounds. Because then they went to Harry Connick Jr. during the national anthem. He said it great, you know, the difference between the uh, the microphones there. Uh, but then there was this, that, and the other. It was like 20 minutes into it before finally Joe Burrow was picked, and they already knew Joe Burrow was picked. And the biggest thing that annoyed me was the pick is in graphic that they would put up. And when it used to be in person, when it well, it's always been in person until this year, no matter what happened, what, what ESPN was talking about, what package they were in, what, whatever they were doing, whatever talking head was up, it would go, Dun, 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 dun. and the commissioner would start heading to the podium and they would right. cut off and stop. Okay. The pick is in. All right, we're, we're going, but this way they did it. They would put the pick is in and they would just keep talking. They would toss to something else and they would go on and on just because you knew they had pre-produced segments. They had uh, pieces they wanted to run. They had, uh, you know, points they wanted to make people. They wanted to let talk before they went to that pick where that stuff probably got killed uh, during you know the in-person drafts in the past, where they had to just go because you know time was up, so that that got annoying to me. Where I would like them to, to see just don't put the pick as in if you're not ready to go to it, because then you're just telling me shut up. I want to know the pick. That's the whole reason I'm here. Other than that, after they got it going, you know by like eight forty, eight forty-five, and that thing got rolling, it was great entertainment. Um, I, I don't even know where to start. Let's CD lamb gets picked. He's on the phone 
He's got another phone in his other hand. His girlfriend sitting next to him grabs it. <laughs> and he snatches it right back out of her hand. Yeah. That was that was awesome. He was not trying to let her look at his phone. No. He was not going to do that. So, yeah, somebody, so I, there, I saw a video of that on Twitter, and one of the first comments was, she's not making it to Dallas. <laughs> So then Javon Kinlaw from South Carolina, he gets picked uh, and his girl is there and she's got a baby in her arm. And after he gets picked and they go to the shot, she runs over to the side and tells all his boys there in attendance to back up, like to get out of the shot. And so I made a little comment about that, just saying, uh, anyone else see Javon Kinlaw's girl with the baby? Go tell his boys to get the hell back. What, you know, WTH, what was that? And so somebody else replied and said, thought I was the only one that peeped that. Definitely doing too much. Well, she replied. What? Oh, she really? She saw these tweets. Yeah. <laughs> she said, definitely was doing what I was told to do. Dot, dot, dot. But continue. That is funny. Wait a So I came back to her and I said, well, it was still funny to see, but did the league ask you to keep people out of the camera's view to show that social distancing was being respected? And she said, obviously, you were supposed to have a limited number of people in the feed, but it's a moment we wanted to celebrate with family, and that's what we did. Oh. So, so, I, so I got a direct to... response on that right yeah, there. Look at you, just just reporting <laughs> live in real time. That is interesting. <laughs> I, one of the funniest things to watch was, I mean, it's also, it's sort of funny, but also potentially <laughs> deadly, was how many people were just just flaunting social distancing mm. in these yeah. in their home parties. I mean, there were some people that had just ma- he was one of them that had just massive crowds. Uh, right. There was a the speaking of the girlfriends. The other great one was the girlfriend that was like kind of sitting on the guy's lap, and she was like he gets picked, and she starts like leaning in and hugging on him, and kind of like you can see she's looking at herself like on television, right? And the mom <laughs> grabs her. Yeah. Did you see that? The mom, yeah. the, the guy's mom grabs the girlfriend and like forcibly removes her from the scene. <laughs> and she was fighting the, and the girl put up a fight. Like she was trying yeah. not to be moved and was, and it ends up getting dragged out of the, off the screen. That was amazing. I, I want to hear all of the post draft uh, conversations that were had between some of these people and their families. It was amazing. I mean, that one was just unbelievable to me. The girlfriend just got slung out of the view. Mama was ready to get her airtime. Yes, she was. And there was more evidence that the league obviously told these guys to try to keep, to show that you're doing social distancing, to show that you're being responsible. Because the league doesn't want it, you know, to come back on them that, well, you did this. And so what you wound up having was house parties everywhere. So, you know, it looks irresponsible. So Jalen Rager, the TCU wide receiver, he gets picked. And before the pick is in, they've just got a shot of his house. And the dad is sitting there in a chair and there's, he's motioning to a woman off screen. Stop. Don't no, Don't come in yet. And then she goes ahead and walks through anyway and like goes and gets a drink. And then later after they show that he's celebrating that he's been picked, dad's up there standing up there, holding the, holding the hand up again, like get out, do not come in the shot. So it was clear there was a message sent to to be, you know, careful. Uh, and then there was another pick where when he first got picked, there was only a few people in the room. And by the time uh, they came back to him and they didn't realize, you know, that, okay, so 
So, so it's over now. You know, they've right. been picked, so they think it's over. Then there's like 10 people in the room, and it's just a big house party there. Yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully nobody. It would be a real sad story if uh, we get a bunch of COVID-19 cases out of draft night parties. Oh, all these no draft kidding. prospects. Uh, but the New York Gi- Giants uh, general manager, Gettleman, uh, he was he was practicing. Um, you know, he had his PPE out there. He was the only one in the room, and he had his mask on. Uh, <laughs> that was that was funny as well. He also didn't then, put it on until right before they went to him to make right. the pick, and he had trouble getting it on. Like the whole thing was, and he also had the low, like the most lo-fi setup in the entire draft. Like you had these, I know. you had all these NFL people. First, uh, also uh, Cliff Kingsbury is living the life. Oh yeah. The, the photo oh, yeah. of him sitting in his mega mansion, everything was like all marble and glass and, you know, fire yeah. pit out like giant, you know, courtyard Outdoor outside his window. And, yeah. Uh, so, but you had all And then these, you saw the picture versus the Bengals head coaches set up. I mean, talk about one of the <laughs> yeah. worst setups. Yeah. I mean, you had all, all these, a lot of these guys had really intricate, you know, multi screen, you know, high, you know, high tech setups and Gettleman is like sitting in his basement. I think I forgot. Somebody said is, does Dave Gettleman live in uh, like an unfinished Arby's or something like that? (laughs) Uh, And he had like one, like 15 year old laptop, you know? Yeah. Like like on a, like on a stack of milk crates almost. It was, (laughs) it's exactly this guy. the way the giants have been going lately. That's pretty much what I expected out of them. Well, speaking of masks, Derek Brown, the defensive tackle out of Auburn, when they first went to him like early on when the draft started, you know, saying here's some of the guys that are going to be, you know, we're looking at for top 10 picks. Like Drew Rosenhaus is there. He's got a mask on. Everybody in the room's got a mask on except Derek Brown. And then by the time they get to where he's been picked, no one has a mask on. They've all been taken off. <laughs> they're not practicing whatsoever. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll continue this because we're not done with the great stuff from the NFL draft. More when we return on Locked On Kentucky. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. So we're back here on Locked On Kentucky, and let's start with uh, let, let's jump back into the NFL draft discussion with the first pick, Joe Burrow, and he's in his house there with just his parents. And how about the drapes on, on that window that they're sitting in front of? I mean, those things are from the 1970s when when Joe gives that speech at the Heisman about such a you know poor area that he comes from, uh, and and to be able to make it. Well, one of the things he's going to be able to do is help his parents out with a new <laughs> pad, update his parents' and, and, drapes. Yeah, they could get some new drapes. Uh, that, <laughs> that was a pretty good one. Um, you know, Jed Wills from Lexington, they had a shot of him and his family in Lexington as he was picked number 10 to the Browns. And then what made some waves, uh, around the state here on social media is ESPN's graphic said that Jed Wills won the 6A state football championship as a senior. Uh, he did not Trinity, uh, beat the brakes off of Lafayette in the game. I think it was like 56-21 or something like that. Uh, beat him pretty badly. And so there were a few – Trinity, the, the school athletics department, tweeted out something today saying, well, we uh, support Jed Wills and happy for him. Uh, we we actually won that state championship. Um, 
then Roger Goodell, uh, he couldn't be more stiff. Uh, he, he tries so hard to be cool, like let the booze come. And he, he played that up a couple of times, once in a commercial for, I think, Budweiser. And then later on the broadcast, like, yeah, keep the booze coming. Uh, ha-ha. And then he'd turn around <laughs> to the screen with all those people on him and uh, like he could talk to him or something. And oh, uh, that every word out of was... his mouth was like, God, Goodell, you are such a dork. Yeah. The, the thing that was getting me was he kept interacting with his TV and somebody said right. he had a some device on the on the bottom that may have actually made it so that facing the TV people could see him. But he was standing like nose to nose with the TV. So even if that was the case, <laughs> right? Like just the way he was treating his television screen as if it was like a a FaceTime on his phone. He was like waving to the crowd. He was like turning and showing them like his card. You know, like he's like we got. Yeah. Uh, uh, we we got, got some Joe more Bur- help got for some, Tua. Yeah, got some help for Joe or Tua or whoever it was. Uh, and he, yeah, he's like showing <laughs> showing them the card. It was just, I don't know, the, the whole thing. I'm really glad it happened because we needed some sports stuff. Uh, and I think all in all, you know, probably, well, not probably, definitely a gazillion people um, were involved in producing that. And I can't imagine what an undertaking it was just on the front yeah. end. I was thinking watching it, like how much did they have to triple check you know, internet connectivity, um, right. you know, the teams, but also like ESPN, the broadcast, like there were so many ways it could have gone wrong where you think you're going to cut to somebody and their feed goes out. I mean, they probably had to, to do so much stuff just to pull that off that, you know, yeah, the I can number live, of feeds alone. Yeah. I can live with uh, some of the cheesiness and the, the delays and talking longer than they needed to when the pick was in. Because uh, I was impressed, I was very impressed that they were able to pull off as coherent of a broadcast as they did. Um, right, and it was fun. I mean, you know, it's not sports, but it's something like it's new. Like there's new information, and I think that's going to be stuff that really drives us until there's sports again. Like every time there's a thing that is that is new, like with recruiting and basketball. Like if you yeah. add another person, and now your team is not the same as it was before. Like that's new. We don't have to look back and rehash for a minute we can talk about something new and argue about something new will this guy be good for our team or not uh i think that's great and uh i have not always been a fan of drafts necessarily in general just because they we end up overhyping stuff that may take a while to ever play out um yeah but now like right now like have all the drafts like let's draft everything Dude, let's get baseball hasn't done its draft right uh then they put theirs no, off? No, because norm- yeah, cause normally they do it um, well, it'd be coming up, I guess. summer right before the the World Series. Yeah, that's right. College so it, World Series. So let's go so ahead. Some let's... players are like headed to the World Series knowing that they just got that's right. drafted to a team. So let's get the baseball draft going. I'll watch that. I've never watched that. I'll watch baseball draft, uh, NBA, the draft. NBA draft. The NBA draft's going to be in, in purgatory, though, because yeah. the, the order's not set because the season hasn't ended. Right. Um, Technically. So until they decide what to do there, but I, I love it. I, it, everything that's provides a new thing, even, even a new old thing, like the MJ documentary, uh, new sports stuff to talk about is fun. Yeah. The logistics of, of pulling off the NFL draft. I mean, my mom texted me and she said, how do they have the hats when they don't know where they're going? Well, that's the thing. Oh, well, and they must've sent every top prospect 30 hats. They did. 
I mean, they sent 60 prospects a box of 32 of the, you know, each team. That's amazing. Well, they, Tua, team. like you could see, uh, he, Tua had an awesome, I don't know where Tua, was that his parents' house? It was an I, awesome, I guess. In it was Hawaii? an awesome looking, like, like, looked like a basement, like lounge. Like they had like a man cave down there. Um, uh, and he had this huge that, coffee table that looked, I was like, they, I, he must have a hat for every team in the NFL right there. You could see all those black hats just piled up. And that dude from uh, Clemson, uh, Isaiah Simmons, I believe his name, his house was like, his parents were already loaded. You know? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Life. There were some that had some really crazy setups, but I did, I did find it endearing. Um, you know, poverty is not endearing, but like I found it endearing when people like Joe Burrow, who you'd go like, oh, wonder, wonder what he got to be LSU's, you know, the star quarterback at LSU on a national championship team. And he's sitting in front of 1974 drapes on and his parents uh, like kind of lazy boy chair had one of those like we have a dog that sheds a lot of hair uh, covers on it, you know? Yeah, uh, right. Which is funny because Calipari has one. I've seen one of the shots of his house. He's got one of he's got one of those couches that's just like draped in towels, basically, because your dog's going to climb up on it and shed hair everywhere. I find that uh, kind of endearing with famous famous athletes. <laughs> well, the other thing they did is I guess ESPN like actually sent each guy uh, a box with the setup of how, here. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to set this equipment up and put this on a tripod and, and that's how it's going to go, which I mean, just getting that pulled off was, was just awesome as well. Uh, back to Goodell. What was behind him changing from a sports coat into a, a V-neck sweater? <laughs> <laughs> what, what was that? Why do that? Wardrobe what, change? Like, yeah, I don't know. Well, now it's after <laughs> nine o'clock. I'll put my uh, smoking sweater on or I, I, I don't know. Jerry Jones on his yacht. That, one of the that greatest was... tweets of the night, as you hear my dogs barking in the background, but one of the greatest tweets of the night was showing Jerry Jones on his yacht, and the quote was, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was... And then was... they go to, like, Mike Zimmer, the uh, uh, Vikings head coach, and he's, like, in a hunting lodge. He's got a monster elk on the wall and this enormous stone fireplace. Uh, that was an awesome setup. And then you go to Belichick and he's at like this kitchen table. Uh, <laughs> that was so underwhelming, but the, and then Henry rugs with the old spice bathrobe. I mean, that, yeah, that was, was a good. flex. Yeah. I assume they were paying him a lot of money to do that, but uh, I liked it. Some people were very on brand like Jerry Jones. And uh, it, I, I feel like Mike Zimmer, that's like a perfect, perfect that he was in a hunting lodge uh, and belichick was perfect i mean he walks around in sweatshirts with cut off sleeves <laughs> i mean so he's he's got like a parquet kitchen table parquet floor kitchen table or something there or it looks like a chessboard or something uh but the best the best coach's house was mike vrabel he is flanked on one side by i don't know if his kid is his kid or not but he's got an orange mullet it's a it's a true mullet. I mean, it's shaved short on the top. It's long in the back. He's wearing like a Titans jersey. On the other side of him, he's got a kid who's over there in some kind of hoodie bodysuit getup that's ridiculous. 
And then in the background, you can see into a bathroom where a dude is sitting on the toilet. There's been literally some, sitting on the toilet. There's been some debate uh, about whether it was a toilet or if he was sitting on a chair or bench and, and it was not actually a bathroom. It would have been a weird place for a bathroom to be. But it very because much, the windows. Yeah, it very much looks like a dude sitting on the crapper. Um, it absolutely does. Maybe he left the door open. Yeah, and, and it's you sort can't of va- see that there's a door there. And it's sort of validated. You can believe it's a dude on a toilet based on everything else that's in the image <laughs> yes. that you mentioned. I mean, it's just yes, utter madness. And 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 well, there's a one video from from that scene where Vrabel just picks up a cup and spits out a massive tobacco plug. Right. I mean, <laughs> that was fantastic. That made my, that I mean, was the, the Titans uh, live shot made my whole, uh, whole draft experience. And speaking of total disregard for your audience or your employers, for that matter, Sean Payton, the saints head coach, Darren Ravel tweeted out that all the coaches were told not to have anything visible in the camera shot that uh, were items that were not sponsors of the NFL. So like the NFL is sponsored by Pepsi and Mars. We had a pack of Twizzlers out, which is made by Hershey's a competitor of Mars. Obviously he had a can of Coke. He had a can of crush. Uh, Crush is made by Dr. Pepper. Coke is Coke. Pepsi a competitor of both of those. Uh, So he, he just said, hey, look, I'm, I'm going to have what I have. And if you don't like it, well, I mean, find me, I guess. It's just the way it's going down, like it or not. Yeah. That's kind of I, how Sean Payton rolls. <laughs> no doubt. All right. So it continues tonight. Round two. Uh, I th- do they squeeze in round three as well? I think they do. Uh, don't yeah, they? I think Try the second two rounds, rounds and then we get the. Uh, we get the unwatchable day of the draft on Saturday. I, I, right. I can never, I can never do the, the third day of the draft. It's just, too yeah. Much third day is too much. Uh, round two and three. Uh, I am so interested in that because my favorite team, the Chicago bears have two picks in the second round. And then I think, uh, Lynn Bowden probably goes tonight in round two or three, uh, teams that he's talked to like the Patriots, uh, the Ravens, uh, an offense like Kansas City, I've been talking about the offense uh, that the Bears have been trying to emulate Kansas City's style, but they just don't have the personnel to do it. But you look in the round, in the second round, uh, New England's got the 37th pick. I, I don't see that happening for Lynn Bowden. The Bears have 43 and 50, uh, maybe. I don't know. Baltimore is 55 and 60. Kansas City is 63. But then when you get to the third round, New England has picks 71, 87, 98, and 100. Baltimore has picks 92 and 106, and Kansas City has picked 96. Somewhere in there, we could possibly see uh, Lynn Bowden going. I would love to see the second round because that's where the Bears are. Uh, But the third round, I mean, I could see the Patriots. They've got five picks over the next two rounds. So uh, tonight, I could see Patriots taking Lynn Bowden. He would fit. The, their kind of style, which we've talked about before. Yeah, and I think it would be cool for him. You know, it's opportunity is everything and, and the situation and fit. And if you go to a good coach, you go to a good culture, that's great. If you go to a place where you have some veterans who will sort of guide you and keep you on the right path, that's great. And, you know, go to a place that will use you. Um, if you go to a contender that just needs a guy that they can use in a bunch of different ways to be a spark, 
uh, that could be a lot of fun. I mean, if he goes to Kansas yeah, like, City um, or Baltimore, I mean, yeah. good, good grief. Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing too. You know, if you send him to Baltimore, then you've got a guy who, you know, do I think Lynn is an NFL quarterback? No. Do I think he's on par with Lamar Jackson? No, I don't. Uh, but if you end up in an emergency situation, you know, the way Lamar plays, he's going to get hit some. Like, say he gets hurt and you want to kind of keep rolling, like you could put him in and um, and do some things with that. You know, you have your, yeah. your regular backup and then you have your dynamic, you know, game breaking, you know, spot backup too. Uh, I think yeah. that would be interesting. And then just the idea of two home run threats like Lamar and uh, Lynn sort of together. Like what if you line him up next to Lamar Jackson and run some speed option? I mean, there's not a whole oh lot of that happening gosh. in the NFL, but they it's it's made its way in a little bit. You know, or you put well, and it if in you the... go into the playoffs like Baltimore did with Mark Ingram hurting, you know, uh, Lynn Bowden could sub at running back. Yeah, and put him yeah, in the he, slot, and you know, just a lot of things. And and yeah. and when you've got a quarterback whose legs are such a threat, like Lamar, he sucks in so much attention. If you get the ball to you know on a short pe- pass to Lamar uh, to to Lynn Bowden, you know, with the whole defense king on Lamar. And now Lynn's going to make one guy miss in the open field. I like, you yeah. know, I like the chances there. So that, that could be a lot of fun. I'd, I'd like to see Lynn Bowden go to a good team that just has, you know, needs a spark and uh, on offense. And, and he would certainly potentially give them that. And, and maybe Logan Stenberg goes tonight. I, I don't know, you know, possibly, uh, you know, linemen are always in need. So we'll see. Looking forward to it. Also looking forward to watching, parts three and four of the last dance that Michael Jordan documentary, uh, John Calipari has been tweeting out some, some fun stories of his interactions with, uh, some of those guys from the bulls like Jordan, and, uh, Dennis Rodman. So, uh, looking forward to that. Everyone have a great weekend. Uh, in the meantime, uh, you can listen to, uh, you know, the, the locked on NFL draft, uh, that, I mean, tell your smart device to play the latest episode of locked on NFL draft. You're going to get a ton of stuff from there. Cause Locked On has a podcast for all 32 NFL teams, and they have been coordinating and working together on their mock draft and then, you know, draft coverage. So they really got it covered for you uh, as far as nuts and bolts go. Uh, But in the meantime, if you want us to talk about something, hit us up. You got a question or something on Twitter. I'm at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R. Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great weekend. You are Locked On Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.